Dennis. Mark. I'm bored. Really? Yeah. What can I do to help you? You could help me record a new disclaimer. Oh, God, those things kill me. Yeah, I'm bored of the old ones. Oh, they're awful. Let's, let's, what do we do that's fun? Uh, what do we do that's fun? We have a podcast, but we do need to tell everybody not to treat it as legal advice. Not whatsoever. Hostile work environment. Exactly. Hey, inappropriate workplace topic. Hostile work environment. Shut up. The Human Resources Director, Little Miss Hostel Work Environment. Hey, Mark. How's it going? It's going great, Dennis. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. We're back for more. Back for more. And uh, greetings to all of our listeners out there. Greetings. And salutations. And salutations, felicitations, all that stuff. So... And the cat says hello. That's my service animal. (laughs) I think he's been locked out of the studio and he wants back in. Could be. So, Mark, when you think of Switzerland, what do you think of? Switzerland, I think of what's the big, um, the big horn, an alp horn, an alp horn. You think of alp horns? Yeah, like those guys, like the Ricola commercial. Ricola, Ricola, and then yeah. they blow in the big horn. They blow in the big horn. You know, well, or or like the end of Sound of Music, maybe. Yeah, I think of banking. Swiss. Swiss bank, uh, Swiss bank accounts. Mm-hmm. I always wanted I think a Swiss bank account. Guards. Guards? He had a Swiss guard. The, oh, the guard like the Pope? The, yeah. Um, you know, the, the, what's funny is the thing that I don't think about when I think of Switzerland is HR. But we're going to change that today. Right, we are. Because we have a guest. We do. Who's coming here all the way from Switzerland. Our first international guest, I do believe. Uh, that's true. Now, she's not actually physically coming here. N- no. we Like, they do have Skype that works they have over Skype the ocean. They have Skype in Switzerland, yeah. But Suzanne Lucas is our guest today. She is the evil HR lady. Yeah, and that's not just like a euphemism. That's who she really is. Yeah, and I look forward to asking her why that is and, and what and makes her evil. We will hear, and then she's going to talk about some HR stuff with us. Yeah, so uh, Suzanne and I have known each other for just a few months now, yeah. and uh, we've been communicating a lot uh, on LinkedIn, uh, and I find her witty and funny. She writes for Inc.com and has a column that comes out at least several times a week. Yeah, it's and a good one. She has uh, the Evil HR Lady blog. Uh, she's on Twitter. She's at Real Evil HR Lady. She's not that fake Evil HR Lady. Just no. avoid her. Yeah, no, only, only, only real guests on this. Yeah, on this podcast. So uh, we're excited to talk with her. It's and, gonna be awesome. And uh, we'll be back in a minute with that interview. Thanks. Suzanne, welcome to the show. I'm happy to be here. So Suzanne's coming to us from Switzerland, uh, where it is evening, and we are in Portland, where it is lunchtime. It's our yeah. first international recording, so we're very Ooh, excited. Ooh, that's a about milestone. That. It is a milestone. Our first transatlantic recording. Yeah. Um, but I, I have a, a really deep question to ask you to get us get us going here, Suzanne, and that is. Why the evil HR lady? Why not like the angelic HR lady? Because have you ever met an HR lady? <laughs> I, well, I've met many. <laughs> I've met many. 
There may be some something inherent to the job that's not entirely peaches and cream, to, so, so to speak. Does it have something there's, to do with that? There's a few things that aren't peaches and cream. Um, I chose the name because HR has a pretty bad reputation. A lot of that is deserved, but that's for another episode. And um, <laughs> and so that's what people think of when they think of HR is, you know, it's this unpleasant place. But the reality is, is a lot of the unpleasantness that HR does, we do because either the law requires it or senior management came up with it. So, you know, we're not the ones that chose what percentage you got for a raise. You know, the available money that came from finance and the CEO, that didn't come from us, but we're the bad guys that have to say, you were a super performer, here's 1.7%. You know? So we're unwilling agents of evil. Unwilling agents of evil. That sounds like if I ever made a consulting firm, that would be like our motto. The evil, the evil HR consulting firm Ladies. in the superhero movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unwilling yeah, agents, unwilling of, evil. agents <laughs> of evil. <laughs> Before we go further, unwilling agents of evil is the registered trademark of Hostile Work Environment hey, Podcast hey. Incorporated. <laughs> so, Suzanne, um, you blog... And you're a frequent contributor to LinkedIn, so we want our listeners to be able to find you, and we'll give the appropriate information later. But we wanted to talk with you about something that you have already blogged about and talked about on LinkedIn. And you sent, okay. us, the, you sent us the question, and for our listeners, I'm going to read it, and then we'll, we'll chat about that. So, Dear Suzanne, I need some advice on the topics of work-appropriate gifts. I work in a large international company and recently became friends with a male coworker. I'm presuming this is a female writer. Yes, I am, it is. I am married and so is he. What is considered an appropriate gift for a coworker? He recently gave me something designer that was over $1,000 and it doesn't make me comfortable at all. And I expressed to him that it doesn't and I find it inappropriate. I am happily married and he knows I am. He said it wasn't meant to be inappropriate, but it makes me so uncomfortable. He won't take it back, and I've already tried to express my concerns and discomfort to him twice. How do I give it back to him without causing drama? I don't really want to go to the evil HR lady yet without making it clear first. <laughs> okay, I embellished a little bit there, but... So, oh, work-appropriate right. gifts. This is interesting. A $1,000 gift from your male coworker. Yeah, and uh, that, just in case anybody is wondering, is super duper inappropriate. Um, that is not something that you should give to a coworker. A thousand dollar present is something you give to your spouse or. Um, do you really? I was going to say, like, <laughs> gosh, I'm supposed to do that? I'm going to invite your wives right now. You should go home. Yeah, I mean, seriously, that's that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And so it's an inappropriate workplace gift. Um, I mean, it wouldn't be an inappropriate bonus if it was coming from the company, but it's definitely an inappropriate gift from a coworker. I mean, Den Dennis it, did not look me strangely when I gave him a $1,000 designer gift when we were coworkers. 
Yeah, that bag was clearly counterfeit, Mark. Really? Yeah. Do you not know how I, to? I paid that much. For do you it. not know how to spell Yves Saint Laurent? That's it's <laughs> it's French. Th- yeah. There's there's no <laughs> M in his initials. Oh. oh bummer. Busted. Busted. Yeah. So, yeah. what are the rules on gift giving? And you know, are there rules on gift giving? First of all. Well, there are rules on gift giving. And, you know, for for this particular gift, lots of rules are broken, but one of the most it, kind of innocuous rules is that um, you don't have to accept a gift. A gift is a gift, and, you know, you're always taught to be polite. But in this particular situation, she's not obligated to accept it. You can always say no, and that's an okay thing to do, especially if it makes you uncomfortable. And a cheap gift can make you feel uncomfortable as as well, depending on what it is. So, you know, that's Mark. rule one. <laughs> Knock Sorry. off designer bags. He knows what I'm talking about. It, it was the it was the perfume. <laughs> That I gave to Dennis. We, we, we won't mention it any, yeah, no, any no, further. I, yeah, no. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I may have to talk with you two later so, about inappropriate workplace behavior. Appropriate would be what? Like a fruit basket? <laughs> <laughs> appropriate. So between coworkers, here, here's an, an example of an appropriate coworker gift. Yeah. Hey guys, I just went to Hawaii and I brought back Lay's for everybody. Here's one for you and one for you and one for you and one for you. That's appropriate. It's cheap. It's not something that signifies a stronger relationship and everybody in the office is getting one. That's appropriate. Okay. Another, another appropriate gift is, oh, congratulations, you're having a baby. Here's a baby gift. You know, here's a pack of diapers or here's this, you know, cute little outfit that I just but, couldn't resist buying. But not the $1,000 designer diapers. But not the $1,000 <laughs> designer diapers. Not the blinged out Gucci diapers. The Gucci diapers. Oh, my gosh. There's probably people out there that have Gucci diapers. This would probably. not surprise me at all. Not at all. Disposable yeah, I, Gucci diapers, by the way. Disposable wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Gucci diapers. <laughs> We're in Portland where, you know, you really have to clarify such things. One I, makes assumptions. I, cloth but, diapers. But yeah, I have to say, in Portland, they don't use disposables. It's got to be cloth. It's got to be cloth. Your, yeah. Yeah, all organic. GMO-free. Organic, free. Gucci, GMO-free diapers. <laughs> yep. Gucci. Yeah. That's what you can get. You know, those things are okay. If your coworker is having a bad day and you pick up their favorite drink at Starbucks, not their favorite drink at the, you know, bar. Yeah. You know, it's not really appropriate to show up with whiskey at 10 o'clock in the morning. Just saying. Unless, yeah, unless it's our office, in which case it's totally welcome. (laughs) Kidding. It's not. Um, All right. What about... What about a supervisor giving a gift to a subordinate? This is a little bit different, and it depends on a situation. So if in the situation, the email we read, if this guy was her boss and he gave her a $1,000 gift, that would be even more wildly appropriate since he gave it just to her. Now, if he calls all 10 of his staff members into a meeting and gives them each a $1,000 gift, 
then that's generous. Um, because then we're, you know, it's, it's like a bonus more than, than a gift. The problem is, is you want to keep your relationships professional at work. And so singling someone out with, a with a gift like that is going to be inappropriate from a boss and that's just, it's not going to fly. But can the boss give a thousand bucks to everybody in the department? Sure. That's fine. Um, but to, to one person, no, it kind of suggests that there might be some expected quid pro quo, right? Yeah, it does. And especially when, you know, he wouldn't take it back and, um, and she was concerned about causing drama. And one of the things I want to point out is that she's not the one causing drama here. He's the one causing drama. You know, if you give a wildly inappropriate gift and someone wants to give it back to you, that person isn't the causer of the drama. So that's one of the things you got to be concerned about with gifts. And that can even go with a with your favorite Starbucks drink, you know. So if I bringing you coffee every day, then that changes our relationship from, you know, coworkers to something more personal. And that can be okay among, among peers. Um, if your company doesn't prohibit any sort of relationships among people at the same level, they should prohibit them between levels. Always. Thank you. Um, Agreed. It, it can be okay, but it's still, it it leaves possibility of making somebody feeling uncomfortable and as if the relationship is not an equal one anymore. You know, no, look, I've done all of this stuff for you for so long, and now I want something in return. And that's what you want to be sure to stay away from. Yeah, I mean, if I have 10 employees who report to me, and Dennis is one of them, and I'm getting coffee for Dennis every day, but not for my other employees, right? I'm not sure necessarily there's a quid pro quo there that we're worried about, but... Because let's be clear. No. No, but... <laughs> but Glad you had to clarify. Does that also give me the perception as a manager of being somebody who plays favorites uh, and all of a sudden I have a bit of an engagement problem with the rest of my employees? Totally. Well, well exactly. And there's nothing illegal about that. Um, you know, as far as I know, maybe California has some law against it. Um, yeah, California has a law against everything. Yeah. Right. And they would make you say that the coffee causes cancer anyway. So. Um, <laughs> I feel like we're going to need to have Anne Fromholtz back on to comment on that at yeah. some point in the future. <laughs> you know, it's true. But it does create this because clearly I don't even drink coffee. But after like you've gotten the 10th cup of coffee for someone else, I'd be like. Hey, I'm a good employee. You know, what's where's mine? Where's mine that I don't even drink it, but dang it, I want some, you know? It does it does make relationships unequal. And one of the things that we run into a lot in startup culture is like everybody's young, cool, hip, we want to be friends. We don't want to be like these old fuddy duddies, but the old fuddy duddy rules have some benefits to them, and one of those is that you don't socialize outside of your level and there's some very good reasons for that and one of those is that you don't have any appearance of unfairness well suzanne let's turn the tables a little bit what are the rules if there are any 
for subordinates who give gifts to their bosses? Yeah, well, you shouldn't. Um, gifts <laughs> you only go shouldn't. one direction in the office. They should only go down, not up. And that is not my role. That is Miss Manners' role. And Miss Manners is the queen of etiquette. So we we bow to her greatness. That is some major authority right there. It is. It is. It is. Um, Emily Post agrees with her. So you've got two etiquette people there saying that the boss can give presents, but the employees don't give presents back to the boss. Now, you can have an exception. You know, if the boss is having a baby, you can have a baby shower for the boss, right? That's Fair okay. Um, if you all want to chip in a few dollars to buy the boss, you know, a, a box of chocolates for Christmas, that's okay. But it comes from everybody, and it's a small amount. So same thing goes it's, for uh, International Bosses Day or Boss Appreciation Day? Right, right, which is silly. <laughs> silly, silly holiday. It is a very silly uh, holiday. unless and it is celebrated. Or unless somebody wants to give me a $1,000 designer thing. In which right. case, I'm totally open. What if you're the boss in that situation and your subordinate comes with the $1,000 Gucci bag? What should the boss do? So the so your subordinate comes to give you a $1,000 Gucci bag or the subordinate shows up with a $1,000 Gucci bag from another coworker? No, if the, bo- if the subordinate's trying to give their boss this expensive gift, what should the boss do in response? You should say, thank you very much, but I can't accept this. And then you should probably call HR immediately and have the three sit down and talk about why it's an inappropriate gift. And I hate to say that because I feel like I'm so into covering everyone's rear end. Um, but into the kind of the job of the evil HR lady, right? Yeah, and the employment lawyer. Yeah. See, and that's the thing is that could it be fine? Possibly, you know, I, I honestly, this is a true story. I worked with a guy, um, I laid him off cause that's what we do. Right. Uh, but I worked for a big pharma company and we gave really good severance and he was eligible for a year's worth of severance and he made over a lot. He made a lot. I probably didn't say how much he made twice as much as I did. There you go. Wow. Um, and I, and I was well paid. So he's, got laid off and he was eligible for a year's worth of severance all he had to do was sign his general release and he didn't sign and i followed up and he still didn't sign and i had the attorney follow up and she comes back and says he is so wealthy that this is just a tax headache he doesn't want the money (laughs) wow (laughs) can you imagine anyway so for him to give a thousand dollar gift that probably isn't a big deal. That's like me buying you a candy bar, right? Um, but for most people, that's a really big investment. Candy bar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it's a big candy bar. It's a, it's a Gucci candy bar. <laughs> Gucci candy bar. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, so I would want to get this on the record with HR that, you know, she offered me this gift. I said no, and I gave it back. Because you don't want it ever to come back and have a person say, well, you know, the boss pressured me into, she saw me with this new bag and said, I really want that. You know, you don't want to have anything that could possibly look bad. 
Or I could imagine a situation where down the road, you are, as the boss, making promotion decisions. You promote the person that gave the gift, and then that person's coworkers start to wonder, whoa, is there something going on here that uh, maybe we don't know about or should know about? Or was there something discriminatory? Right, right. And and so you just want to avoid the very appearance of evil here. And so that sometimes means taking a hard line on things. And one of those things is that you don't give really nice gifts. If you're going to give a gift, it needs to be cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Good advice. Let's all be cheap and stay out of trouble. We should probably not be dating advice. That could be a tagline for the People. podcast, Dennis. What? Be cheap and stay out of trouble. Be cheap and stay out of trouble. <laughs> ah, that might do it. That's not a bad, not a bad tagline. <laughs> well, cool. Well, thanks, Suzanne. That's really good advice. Well, anytime. Although I'd happily accept a thousand bucks from either one of you, because we don't um, work together, so there's no conflicts. Ooh, yeah. We'll yeah. have to talk about that. All right. <laughs> if, you can just if, PayPal if, it. Yeah, if if one of our Patreon patrons wants to chip in a thousand bucks, we'll we'll pass it along. I think that's a lie. I think you wouldn't. Well, it's on tape now. <laughs> Thanks, Dennis. <laughs> there you go. Well, thanks, Suzanne. We appreciate it. We know it's late in Switzerland. We're going to wrap this up and, and let you get to bed and us get to work. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. So, Mark. Yes, Dennis. One of our mutual friends, Kate Bischoff, recently tweeted about something that I thought was super fascinating. Okay. It's a, it's a website called talktospot.com. Have you heard about it? Uh, no. You know how, like, we and most HR people and most employers these days encourage employees to report harassment? I have heard that, yes. It shouldn't come as a huge not, shock. Not a big surprise for me. But what, what is a surprise to some folks is that not everybody wants to go and talk about their harassment experiences with a live person. That could be intimidating or embarrassing or just right, weird. or something that they're fearful about. Right. Or they're afraid of retaliation or bias or anything like that. Right. Well, some really intelligent people got together to figure out, like, how are we going to fix that? And they came up with this thing called Spot. Spot, like, like dog. Like good spot. dog Spot. Yes, got it. But except Spot is a chat bot. Have I, you, ever, you know what a chat I, bot is, yes, right? Yes, sure. So a chatbot is like artificial intelligence. It's like a non-human that you can talk to over the internet. Right. And, and it should respond in some way that sounds vaguely human-ish. Right. Um, this brings me back to all the Turing test kind of stuff. Yeah. Or... So the idea here, and it's a brilliant one in my humble opinion, is an employee who wants to report harassment can be directed to talktospot.com. They can have a conversation with the chatbot who will lead them through the typical kinds of questions that an HR professional would ask somebody who's reporting harassment. That is then used to generate a PDF, and it's all totally under the control of the reporter. So they don't have to send this. They can decide not to send it. They can edit the report. They can do whatever. But at the end of the day, if they want to send a PDF report 
of their chatbot conversation, they can do so. And that can go to the employer to be their official report of harassment. So it's it, it's still it's on them to do that. It's still on them Spot to do that. Spot doesn't send it on its own. Spot does not send it on its own. You have to affirmatively go in there and say, yes, I want to send this to my employer or to me or to my lawyer or whoever you want to send it to. I see. So it's basically creating a record. It's basically creating a record, but it's providing a more comfortable way for some people to, to create that record. And may be able to overcome some of the barriers in place for reporting workplace incidents. Cool. I like it. Yeah. So I thought it was such a cool idea. I got up this morning and I actually tried it out. Oh. Yeah. All right. And I reported um, my own report. And I generated the PDF. And it has sort of a transcript of the my conversation with the chatbot. Okay. So... Mark, I just sent this to you. Okay. So it's in an email. If you could open it up. Yes. And it, uh, open the PDF. Open the PDF. It's titled Spot Confidential Record. Oh, okay. You're, you're disclosing some confidences here. So, yeah. But this, this is Yeah, this I had a feeling a this test. is what it was going to be about. Yeah. yeah so um, what I would like is, because we can't have Spot on the show, I would like you to play Spot. Okay. You I up can for that? that? Oh, hell, absolutely. So this is a transcript of my chat with Spot from this morning. So you just read the questions that Spot asked, and I'll read my responses. Okay. Please tell me everything you can remember about what happened. You don't need to read it in the robot voice. It's chatbot. Yeah, but it, it's actually a really good chatbot, and if you read it okay, in the robot enough. voice, it's, it's going to make gonna, it sound like a really bad. It's going to sound cold. Yeah. Okay. Please tell me everything you can remember about what happened. Mark is contributing to a hostile work environment. Thank you for telling me about that. Please provide specifics about about the month, week, day, or time this happened. Every Sunday morning. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I laughed because I, I was reading ahead too much. Yeah, uh, don't. I'm guessing that Spot does not laugh. Yeah, Spot does not laugh. Spot takes this very seriously. Where did this happen? My house. You referred to Mark. Please tell me more about him or her. He's my podcasting co-host. Please describe how you felt as you were experiencing the situation. Well, I felt like I was contributing to the hostile work environment, too. How did it affect your well-being after it happened? Well, I felt pretty good about it. (laughs) What can you remember about those who witnessed this event? Well, they listened to our podcast. Please tell me as much as you can remember about the person you told, what you told them, and when. I told them all about it on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Please give me a list of any other evidence you have. Well, guess what? It's all recorded. And there it ends. There it ends. So, I actually thought that was a pretty cool gadget. I like it. I think it, I think it's cool. I, I it's um the 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 one question I have maybe just listen to is how how do you for somebody who's been through something traumatic, who wants to report and doesn't know, right? How does this feel warm to them? How does this feel welcoming to them? It's not unwelcoming. Right. I don't think it's... And and the user interface of this is actually quite elegant. It's nice. It, okay. I'm just seeing a transcript here. Right. I don't see the rest of it. Um, I don't know that somebody who's reporting that is necessarily going to be looking for warmth and welcomeness. What they're looking for is a way to avoid having to go into an HR person's office 
and have an uncomfortable conversation. This is a way that they can control when they do it, where they do it, how sober they are when they do it, you know, whatever it is that they need to do to overcome. <laughs> if you're Dennis. If you're Dennis. Right, right. If, if you're me. It, it was early. I was perfectly sober. But, you know, they're, they, they're in control. And I think that's the real benefit of it. No, I think it's, I think it's a great idea. I think it's a yeah. great idea. And I think it's, I think it's a, te- a technology that has lots of potential applications to improve upon this even more over time. Yeah. And here's the other great part. It's free. So if you're out working an investigation and you've got a witness or a reporter who is not comfortable talking to you, you can just direct them to go to talktospot.com and you know they can use it. They can use it today like I just did. So Very cool. Yeah, very, very cool. cool. All right. We'll be right back. Uh, you want to try something a little different today? Yeah, sure. Why not? All right. Uh, no listener submitted story today. Boo. Boo. No. Um, this will be awesome. Uh, no, we got something else. We do. Uh, we have listener submitted questions. Oh, cool. That'll now, be fun. Remember, as we discuss any listener submitted question, just as we discuss any case, this is not legal advice. Of course not. Um, but we got a couple of questions from a listener uh, named Katie. Hey, Katie. And uh, we th- we really liked one of them. So uh, let me just read her email, and then uh, we're going to answer one of her questions. Yeah. Um, hi, Mark and Dennis. First, let me say how much I love your podcast. Thanks, Katie. Each new episode is a bright spot in my week. Aww. That makes us all warm and fuzzy. Um I have been listening from the beginning, though I'm not one of your typical HR or employment law listeners. I'm just a regular old employee who was exposed to hostile work environments in the past and read up quite a bit about it. So I don't have any stories, but I was hoping that you guys would consider answering listener listener questions. We'll give it a try. All right. So here's her question. Yeah. uh, The one that we're going to tackle right now. Uh, I would love to hear a discussion on these two cases. Uh, The first is called Nelson v. James Knight DDS, and the second is called Edwards v. Nikolai. These two lawsuits are so similar, yet resulted in such different judgments. I've yet to read any analysis of why, and it drives me nuts. A related question is why do you hear about different federal circuits coming to wildly different decisions on similar questions? We all live in the same country. It's the same law. Why should it depend on where the suit is filed? This seems to be the opposite of justice. Aha. I thought that was a very That's a really good question. Good question. And well, I think maybe we start with just a very brief description of what are these two cases about. Yeah. So I took a look at Nelson v. James H. Knight DDSPC. Um, Melissa Nelson was a dental assistant and James Knight was the dentist. And the short story here is that the dental assistant was attractive. At least the dentist found the dental assistant to be attractive. He made several comments to suggest how attractive he found her. Um, he would text her to tell her that her clothing was too tight and it was revealing. Um, he would have conversations with her about her sex life. And when she said that she was having um, infrequency in her sex life, he once replied that that's like having a Lamborghini in the garage and never driving it. Oh. Yeah. Um, it turns out that the two of them started texting one another 
It was very flirtatious te- texting. And as such things tend to happen, it got a little out of control and then came to the attention of Dr. Knight's wife. Yeah, he was married. What do you think her reaction was, Mark? <laughs> yeah. It, it was not happy. No. She said, fire the dental assistant. Okay. She's too hot. So he did. Okay. And as, assistant sues. As we can imagine, yeah, she sued. Well, that the case made its way up to the Iowa Supreme Court. Wow. Where they were reviewing a lower court's grant of summary judgment, which is where after discovery, the court says, yeah, you don't have a case. And the Iowa Supreme Court said, yes, we have a state law that prohibits discrimination on the basis of sex. And yes, it's just like the federal law that prohibits discrimination on the basis of sex. And yes, there's all this rich history of case law about sex stereotyping and blah, 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 blah. But we don't think this was sex discrimination. We think this is simply somebody getting fired for having an inappropriate workplace relationship with their boss and that it had nothing to do with sex. So they upheld the case being dismissed. Okay. Interesting. So, Mark, what's yours? So I've got Edwards v. Nikolai. And this is a case out that is out of New York. Uh, I believe this is the Court of Appeals in New York. Um, and... We have a very similar fact pattern here. So we have two defendants. We have Charles Nikolai and Stephanie Adams, who are married. Okay. And they together are the co-owners of Wall Street Chiropractic and Wellness. Um, they hired the plaintiff, uh, Dilek, uh, Dilek Edwards, as a yoga and massage therapist. Um, the complaint alleges uh, that the relationship between... Uh, Nikolai and the plaintiff uh, was purely professional, uh, that he regularly praised her work performance. Um, However, in June of 2013, he allegedly informed plaintiff that his uh, his wife might become jealous of plaintiff because she was too cute. Oh, too cute. Uh, Approximately four months later, at 1.31 (laughs) a.m., the wife sent her a text message uh, stating, you are not, all caps, welcome any longer at Wall Street Chiropractic. Do not ever step foot there again and stay the expletive away from my husband and family. And remember, I warned you. Wow. And then a few hours later, Nikolai sent her an email that says, you are fired and no longer welcome in our office. If you call or try to come back, we will call the police. And then it further alleges that the next day uh, that she, uh, Ms. Adams, filed a complaint with the New York City Police Department alleging falsely uh, that she had received threatening phone calls from the plaintiff that so frightened her as to cause her to change the locks at her home and her business. Um, It got a little ugly there. Yeah. the, The plaintiff says that she has no idea what sparked their suspicions about anything and that's all she's got now the court looked at this now this is on appeal from a motion to dismiss which is earlier in the process than a motion for right. summary judgment no discovery um, no discoveries happened yet and this case is brought under the new york uh human rights law and it's possibly similar possibly a little bit different probably very much the same though as the iowa law and probably very close to federal law yeah 
In this case, the court takes the opposite approach, and it says she was fired because of her sex. Oh, She could be perceived as being fired because of her sex, because if she was a man, he probably wouldn't have fired him for the same reason. Now, you could argue very much that maybe now he's jealous that now, male he, yoga instructors have it, right? But could have been. But but they said that gender gender focused in on the decision making process as alleged, right? And that this case should be permitted to go to discovery, and they reversed and sent it back down to the trial court. Interesting. So, why do you think we got two different results? One that said, "Yeah, you can fire the hot person," and the other one that said, "No." It's so hard to say that with precision. What I can say, and it speaks to the other questions here, why do we have circuit splits? Why right is that Yeah, why do different courts come out with different decisions? It's it's because very close calls in the law and they're all yeah. over the place yeah. can come no, out totally. very different ways. And it may be there's a fifty percent call on an issue and courts in one state on that particular issue say, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna say no to that and the other state says yes or one circuit says no and the other circuit says yes it doesn't mean that anybody's bad or it doesn't mean that it's a mockery of the law it just means that the law is imperfect and there are places where it's open to interpretation what something means and the law is made up of so many elements and so many pieces of pieces of claims yeah that's true that you can have law that develops with the same words the statute reads the exact same language and have wildly different interpretations of what that language means. Right. And all we have to do is look to, ba- I mean, let's look at the Second Amendment. You have reasonable people on both sides of that debate who can speak wildly different theories about yeah, what totally. that law allows or does not allow, what rights it provides and what it doesn't. Right. And this is this is subtle. These are these are more subtle changes here that are differences of opinion than maybe the 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 gun debate has, but. It's not that much of a shock to me that you're going to have two states that could come out differently. No, me neither. On something as subtle as this. Now, you can also look at where different points in the case. One's after True. summary judgment. One's one's a motion to dismiss before discovery's begun. Okay, but even that, you could have. Let's change the facts of of my case and make it summary judgment. There could be you enough still, in New York that it gets through to trial, yeah. and in Iowa it doesn't. A lot of it has to do with the political climate. Um, judges in most places are elected and you can have different judges who come from different sides of the political spectrum. Just look at our Supreme Court where now everything is a 5-4 decision. Um, they're looking at the exact same case and reasonable minds do differ. Right. And one of the reasons that that does happen when it gets to the Supreme Court often is because it's, it is a close call or it wouldn't right. have gotten there in right. the first place. So close calls come down to matters of All subjective interpretation. It's, yeah. right. You want the law to be objective. You want the law to be something that it is. And it's treated the same way every time by every person. Yeah. And lots of laws are. Yeah. Speed limits. Murder. You know, we, generally, we yes. usually say like, yeah, you know, you can't murder people, right? But, but other laws have words that are vague, yeah. Or even when they're not vague, there's going to be components of them that you can look at the words and you can say it could go A yeah. or it could go B, yeah. and, and that's what the Supreme as, Court's there to interpret and figure out based yeah. on judicial principles going back yeah. hundreds of years. And as long as humans are involved in that process, we're going to have some degree of inconsistency. It's just a reflection of who we are. That's right. 
Well, that was cool. That was fun. Yeah, we appreciate the yeah. submission. If you have questions, questions that, are good. You know, and and we find them sufficiently interesting, like that. Uh, we'll talk about. We'll it. talk about it. I think that's a fun way to wrap up the episode. Yeah. And um, as a reminder, Mark, how do people find us? Um, first, you can email us uh, your questions or stories to stories at hwepodcast.com. Which is also our website address, www.hwepodcast.com. If people want to pay us for Which providing excellent should. service and entertain edutainment. Edutainment. It is time to stop freeloading and cough up, kidding. You can freeload all you want. <laughs> yeah. But if you do want to help support the podcast and keep it going beyond our, you know, little run here of 13, 14 episodes, I forget where we're at, um, you can go to patreon.com slash HWE. There are many different levels of patronage that you can engage in to help keep our podcast alive. And if somebody wants to tweet at us. At HWE podcast. All right. On Twitter, which is... You know, follow us on Twitter. There's no shortage of humorous little anecdotes that we tweet throughout the week. That's right. And uh, we also try to put some of that on our Facebook page. So you can find us there, Hostile Work Environment with Mark and Dennis. It'll that's come right. up. And uh, is that it? I think that's it. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank we you We appreciate all. everything that you guys do. And we appreciate your stories and your questions. And have a good week. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Mr. Lebowski, this is Bell Sonniger of the Southern Cal Bowling League. I just got a, an informal report that a member of your team, uh, Walter Solchak, drew a firearm during league play. If this is true, of course, it contravenes a number of the league's bylaws and also Article 27 of the league.